Welcome back to another episode of Watch It Rank. This week we are talking Onward, First Reactions, Mulan's PG-13 rating, and a new Star Wars movie. Or is it? We're also going to talk about To All the Boys I've Loved Before, P.S. I Love You, and then end with our segment, Throwdown. Taylor, take it away. Let's hit it! Here we are, we're back again, February 23rd, and what episode is this? How many have we done? It's 11, bro. 11? 12. 12. 12. Damn. Pretty good. I'm I'm impressed with our consistency at this moment. Yeah, every week in 2020, we haven't missed it. I know. That one week we were like late as hell, but other than that, we've been killing it. Yeah, it it happens, it happens, and you know what? We're we're really scared like scrounging the box office to find movies until we hit like March or May. But we got a couple good ones lined up the next couple weeks. It's way more brutal than I thought it was going to be. I forgot how much of a stinker land January and February are. So it's kind of hard to get some steam, but it really is. We've been able to still see some good stuff and cheat and go back to 2019. So, and I'm pretty pumped about the movie we're going to do next week. So I think we'll be next, next week will definitely be a good one. But, uh, you know, how was your, uh, how was your weekend? Anything exciting? Dude, it was freaking chaos. I don't even think I told you this yet. So No. Friday night, Caitlin and I, we're just like hanging out, like taking it easy. This house pops on the market. So for people who don't know, we're like kind of just like passively looking for houses, you know, whatever. So we find this one. We're like, holy shit, this house is perfect. You know, it's like just the right size. It's like right in our budget. It's like relatively new for this area. It's in a great school district. We're all jumped like excited about it we go in next morning we're like we're gonna be at the open house as soon as it opens 10 a.m we show up to this open house super jacked up it's like everything we wanted and more it's freaking huge got the huge basement got like you know big side like big bedrooms like three and a half baths it was freaking sick so immediately call our real estate agent we're like all right dude we're putting a freaking offer on this thing like we're going okay okay scramble all night we're like he's like okay well do you have a pre-approval letter like i'm like yep i have a pre-approval letter from you know better.com it's just you know you can get a pre-approval letter pretty easy there he's like all right so you probably want one from a local lender to to get them to take you more seriously so i'm like up all night like wrangling our w-2s and our tax returns and everything to send out to this freaking guy so we can get pre-approved and this dude from wells fargo is like working until like 10 o'clock at night like getting this shit pushed through for us so like it's a sign we're like moving 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 and then this morning we wake up to like two emails from our real estate agent being like, yeah, the people selling the house like got one offer and they were supposed to have an open house today and make a decision by five. But they were just like, nah, we got one offer. We're taking it. We don't even care. Like we're just going to take it and run with it. So just so you shut didn't, down. you didn't get your stuff in. Oh, no. seven the offer got morning. in before. Well, that was the Damn. thing is like, even if we got our offer in yesterday, they were already yeah. saying that yesterday by like noon. So it was like, okay. A lost cause, anyway. So. Sad. I mean, I don't oh, know I what the this other. Thought this was gonna end with a great, sto- with a great like, we got the house, but ah, uh, now Caitlin was breaking like, news. Yeah, she was super butt hurt because she was like loving the house and it was all the stars were aligning, but now it's kind of back to the drawing board. But the, the real question is, uh, would it have had a basketball court in the living room? <laughs> no, <laughs> not the basketball court house. But the basement was big enough to do like pool table ping pong. 
situation. Amazing, amazing. Damn. But well, you luckily, know something something will pop up. Something there will pop up. Is one going on the market literally like four houses down from that one same model like in that neighborhood. Yeah. So we're going to be checking it out and see if Pouncing. we can make a, a decent offer. So We'll see, right. man. We'll play, play. Fingers crossed. Hopefully next week or something like that, we've got some breaking news here on Watch It Rank. Yeah, but we are not rushing into anything. If it okay, happens. Okay. I've happens. heard that before. I've heard that before. Yeah. I mean, we've been looking for two months. We haven't jumped at anything. Yeah. It was just this house Very we true. saw was freaking dope. But Yeah. Sometimes yeah. when you're making a decision like that, it's like if something really piques your interest, you want it. And you want it so bad. And now mm-hmm. you're just like thinking, I want whatever's closest to that. So I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. But I mean, it was a good learning lesson. You know, we went through, we got that like pre-approval and, you know, we're like totally vetted and everything. So we're ready to pounce if we good. absolutely need to. But yeah, that was me, nice. What about you? Uh, this weekend, I made the trip back up to the Electric City. Um, Scram- what? Yeah, the Electric City. And I hung out with my dad, uh, Karen, and the girls were all on a bachelorette trip for my sister. Shout out. Getting married. Uh, so we had a little guys weekend with our uh, good friends and their two-year-old baby. And the mom was on the trip, too. So it was three men and a baby. It was pretty dope. <laughs> nice. It was awesome, man. It was. We had a good time. Frankie was, was a hit. Uh, he was very good for us. And then we... Uh, you know, had a few cigars, watched some of the basketball games, watched the fight. Uh, it was a pretty interesting weekend. 100 bucks, no big deal. So <laughs> it was a good weekend. And then I, uh, you know, I came home today, picked Karen up from the airport, went to the range, had a little session. So all in all, pretty uh, typical weekend for me. Nice. But I'm, re- I'm so excited because now she's home and we're going to finish what we've been watching this week. And I can't wait to talk about this. Well, let's get right into it. Let's do it. What are you watching? I'm going first because I'm so excited to talk about it. We finally, finally started Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. Nice. And we are about seven, no, six episodes in to the first season because there's two. And I am loving it. It's electric. It's a great show. It's good, man. I, you know, it's kind of, it just fills that spy espionage void in my life that I don't have. And I love the chemistry between Krasinski and the uh, Jim Greer is the name of the character who's played by the guy that is in Suits as well. He's uh, Meghan Markle's dad. I'm loving the chemistry between the two of them. I'm loving the story. It's just a nice, like, modern day, you know, terrorist, stopping a terrorist story that's given some characteristics to both sides it's just engaging it's it's good stuff have you seen it yeah i watched the first came and i watched the first season um okay it's good i mean it's just so hard not to root for john krasinski right like, i know yeah and it's like hard it's a little jarring at first to kind of believe him as this badass but they make him this like relatable badass who's like you know just got like a normal desk job and he's like super smart and has all these talents but he's kind of like you know, relegated to this desk job and gets thrown into action. So it's a little, at least a little more. I thought the same exact thing, like the first episode or, you know, about halfway through he, it's right. He's kind of just playing like this squib and I'm like, what's the deal here? Like he's getting dragged to Yemen. Shout out Chandler Bing Yemen. What? (laughs) You you know what I'm talking about? Friends reference. But anyway, 
he gets uh, dragged to Yemen, and it's like kind of a fish out of water. But then you find out more about him, and he's like, a, he's a Marine that was in this horrible helicopter accident. Uh, so it's just kind of all coming together, and I'm really digging it. So I'm excited to finish off season one and then get into season two. But you know, I've heard sort of mixed things about season two as opposed uh, really? to season one. Yeah. So who knows? But it's just kind of like a fun eight eight episode watch and then i'm gonna try and get karen on board with hunters uh the pacino show on amazon i kind of want to watch that or at least give that a shot next so amazon's been doing some pretty good stuff yeah they've been definitely pumping my i mean they've had some a listers in some of their stuff so they're trying to beef it up and get that ip rolling like we've talked about before but yeah i wasn't really like clamoring for a season two of jack reacher not that I didn't want one, but I, why did Jack Ryan or Jack Ryan? Jesus, Jack Reacher. Tom Cruise. Yeah. They're yeah. making a Jack Reacher TV show. Funny enough, but yeah, oh, really nice. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I wasn't like clamoring for a second one. Not that I didn't like the first one a lot, but it wasn't like, oh my god, there needs to be a season two. Yeah, I feel you. But it's good. It's good. Show yeah, for sure. What about you? What have you been uh, up to on the streaming services? So, three things. Survivor, wow, big obviously, week. Okay. awesome week, good week, solid up, nothing too crazy, you know, pretty run of the mill. We're kind of still trying to get our footing with the alliances on both sides, but it, things are starting to finally come into place, and you're kind of starting to see where the chips are falling, which is always exciting. Yes. Then next thing we're watching, Caitlin has been bullying me for months to try and watch this show because she's like obsessed with it, and I've basically just been like talking trash on it the whole time and it's not sabrina so don't give me that cheesy smile i would have loved if it was sabrina but it's kind of close to that it's the magicians a sci-fi yeah yeah so that's the first two okay, eps. okay um i mean it's definitely a little corny but it's like all right i kind of see what they're going for it's kind of like a dark like super dark harry potter where it's like this world where magic exists but like you know not everybody knows about it and then there's this like secret like place where they go to like get trained on it but then there's this like other sort of like hogwarts like place that's like you don't really know too much about it yet but it's kind of like this underground like special task force people that clean up the scraps from the The dumbledores or the aurors is that that's what they're called in harry potter yeah yeah so it's kind of cool i don't know it's we're getting into it slowly. It's one of those things where I hope it opens your eyes where like you look at these shows that are on cable or something like that that you're not interested in and then you give it actually a watch and they're not that bad. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. There's something for everybody. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. You'll get bored of it. Yeah. I'm not like dying to watch each episode. It's like she's like, do you want to watch The Magicians? It's a chore. Like, All right. Let's, let's put another one on. But then once <laughs> she puts it on, it's like, okay. Okay. What's um, the what's the third thing? So the third thing is I'm a man of my word. You watch Fast Five? I watch Fast Five. Let's go. I was literally just thinking about that. I was gonna ask you uh when you are planning to do it, but give me Taylor's three minute recap review of Fast Five. I gotta hear it. So it opens up, they like trying to steal this car from this train. And I'm like, all right, here comes the ridiculousness. And then I'm like, oh, it's got like a little bit of like a Mad Max Fury Road kind of over-the-top action vibe. And I'm like, 
okay, like this is this is kind of cool. They're they're doing this thing. They're pulling off this heist. It's kind of like Wild West with cars. They're trying to jack this stuff with the bridge, right? With yeah, the bridge, yeah, yeah. this altercation goes down. All of a sudden, they're getting up to this bridge, and Vin Diesel and that Paul Walker guy are yep. in the back of this car. And I'm like, okay, you know, classic action movie. They're just gonna like pull a 180 at the end and like barely not fall off the edge. But they just fucking ramp this car into this water and they just like land perfectly fine and survive. And they're like, oh man, that was a close one. And I'm like, oh my God. Damn, are you really going to tell me at the end of this you hated this movie? But that's when it kind of clicked in my mind. And everything that you kind of prepare me for, I'm like, you got to take it at face value and just enjoy the cheesiness. I did. I liked it. It's awesome, dude. I'm telling you, it's a cool heist movie. That is where yeah. they turn, and it's a heist movie. Like, they are going for all this money. They they put together a crew, montages of, like, them, you know, planning the heist. The Rock, great side villain because he co- becomes a main uh, part of the story going forward. But it's just cheese. Yeah. And it's all the right kinds of cheese. Well, because it, it's like a perfect – like 2000s movie where it's just like ADD, like, oh, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. Like, it's the storytelling's not great because of that because they're always just like cutting to, like, oh, now they're getting taken over by this mob boss. Oh, now they're like running into this. Oh, now that they're right. like jumping into this bank, you know? So it's like so fast paced, but it keeps you on the, it's like keeps you engaged and it's not it overly long. Yeah. No, no, no. And like, there are some really cool, inventive action set pieces. I mean, the ending with them tethering the safe, the bank vaults, to the cars and just going through Rio, Yeah, it's insane, right? It is insane. And you have to understand that this is not physically possible at all. But it just kind of leaves you at the end feeling like, I just had a good two hours. I enjoyed my time there, right? It was not bad i'll probably watch another one actually at some point so yes it's pretty good so so the next one fast six is i i like fast six it's not the best of the newer ones but the end of that one is again absolutely absurd absurdity <laughs> and then nice. seven is seven is a really good one eight is is pretty good as well and then we got nine coming out so but i want to know who's your favorite character I probably is it, love. Is it Han? I was gonna say Han, dude. I think Han's dude, my Han, favorite character. Han is the boy. Yeah. Han is the boy. Him and Gal Gadot—they got their little thing going on right now. Oh, baby! Yeah. Yes, I am all in on this. Yeah. Yes, I'll all probably right, watch the next, the next one. Actually, I'm, I'm sucked in. I'm Ugh. cheering right now. If you could visualize this right now, I'm like doing a happy dance. And Ugh. Taylor's, I can't believe that he was right, but I told you, it's good cinema. I'm not it's saying it's a good movie, all right? Because it's not a freaking good movie. But it's mindless, and it is kind of fun. Yeah, and there's some okay humor in there. The chemistry between all the characters is its just fun to watch. That's all it is. It's fun to watch. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It is Look good. at him. He's hating it. All right, that is what you've been watching. So let's move into movie news. Okay, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one because you found all the stories this week. You helped me out. I so know. I was you picking up my slack 
France. <laughs> you talk about them, you lead the discussion, and I will sit here and act as Taylor. <laughs> nice. So basically just sitting there and waiting for me to ask you questions and giving one And going answers. like this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So first story we have. Um, all these stories are coming right off Screen Rant because that's where I'm pretty much just dumping everything from. So first, I low-key love Screen Rant. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm low-key. Piles everything. Boycotting Collider right now because of all the shenanigans that went down. I'm, I'm not trying to go to their stuff anymore. So, Yeah, me too. Me too. First story, new Star Wars movie in development. But the caveat is it may release on Disney+. Plus. So what do you think they're thinking here, man? Do you think it's Kathleen Kennedy being like, okay, let's dial it back with the budget and just try and pump some stuff out that might not be as, you know, blockbustery, Or do you think they're just trying to bring it back to Disney+, Plus, start building out their library there, and then ultimately going back to the box office because they've kind of seen there's been this, you know, level of diminishing returns with all these Star Wars movies. Every single one that's come out since The Force Awakens has been like less and less and less at the box office. So do you think they're trying to kind of bring it in-house and build the brand back up before they go back to the box office? I do, and I think it's going to be more experimental. I think that you're right. They're going to dial back the budget a little bit on these, maybe focus a little more on some storytelling and character development and who knows, they could be starting the makings of building up to leading to something, sort of how Marvel did it. And I don't think that Disney Plus is a terrible place to start this. I think this is a great idea, personally. So I don't know what the story is going to be like. Uh, I have no idea what, what time period or anything. But, yeah, I mean, I love Star Wars, so I'm always going to be excited for more Star Wars. And if it's going to be on Disney Plus... It just gives me more incentive. I mean, obviously, they've got other great stuff, but they're pumping out a lot of good things, and I'm okay with it. If they try and start a Marvel-type universe, you know, right, where we're it's more linear, and they're trying to create this interconnectivity where they, you know, introduce one character in one movie, another character in another movie, and bring it together, do you run the risk of not reaching as wide of an audience when you do that because you're not putting it out on the street thousand percent but if done correctly and marketed well enough then you don't have that issue because think about word of mouth word of mouth is everything the water cooler talk so if this thing is good and it hits and it has a post credit scene button that lends itself to something bigger people are going to start talking about it and then when you see a new star wars is coming out and it's with these characters, then you're going to get people to, you know, the marketing machine has to be in effect. And Disney is the best at doing it. We know that. So yeah. I think that this is a gamble, but I think it might be the right decision because you scale it back. I mean, I don't understand how that works, but when people scale back budgets, and focus on storytelling and not the big special effects and the set pieces, but focus on the storytelling, it's always better. People love that. We we live in an age now where there is too many big budget blockbusters. I love them. Hand up. They're the best. But there probably are too many. And 
you can still have a Star Wars movie that's not filled with all of the. I mean, look at the Mandalorian. That could have been a movie. Yeah, you know, percent. I'm glad it wasn't because they were able to pace it better and tell a better story. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I I like this. I hope. Now here's a question I'll throw back to you though. What is gonna be the plot of this thing? Like, what are we what are we getting ourselves into? Because that's the big thing. Where are we going with this? I mean, I'm so lost at this point because. <sighs> I hate to say it, but Kathleen Kennedy has done an absolute garbage job at assembling a broader universe and being creative on the way that she kind of releases these things. Because if you remember, if we just go all the way back to the beginning of Star Wars, it was, well, the new era of Star Wars, right? It was Force Awakens. Okay, guys, we're going to have these spinoff movies in between the, you know, Skywalker saga. So we had Force Awakens, and then we had... Rogue One, which was freaking awesome. Then we had Last Jedi, but then we had Solo, right? Yeah, Solo was the the bump in the whole thing. Because they got this like great idea, and rumors were that they were going to start creating like one-off movies for these old characters. Like they were going to have a Solo movie, then they were going to have like a Luke movie, then Yoda. Have... Do you remember the Yoda movie? Exactly. And then they had the Han Solo movie come out, and they were like, "Oh crap!" Backpedaled, and they're like, "Okay, we can't do that anymore." And then they said, "Okay, well." We're just going to start handing out trilogies like they're candy. Ryan Johnson, yes. you get a trilogy. You know, Russo, or not Russo Brothers, but the uh, 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 the, the guys from Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones guys, yeah. You get your, yeah, DB, or uh, Benioff and Weiss. You get a trilogy. Yes. And then they kind of like backpedaled from that again. So now it's just kind of like weird. Like I have no idea, and I'm like totally lost in the shuffle on what their like long game is. Because now that they've just kind of come out and said, all right, no movies planned at all moving forward now that they have this one coming out of potentially Disney plus well, but block like they've got the, the they've got the feige one in development the one that he is going to co-produce with Ke- uh, kennedy and i think that that's coming 2022 i mean but is that confirmed uh, well, like they've said yes, this thing a million times it's confirmed and i tell you what this year we say and i feel like we say this every year but star wars celebration this year is going to be the most enlightening as to what the plan is going forward and i hope that this movie that is going to be on disney plus is the idea of benny or not benny off uh favreau and filoni give favreau and filoni the keys and let them go give somebody the keys besides kathleen kennedy (laughs) yeah you just need someone that is going to be able to build out a world there's so much rich storytelling and if this project luminous thing is is accurate and we're going to go back to an era called the high republic which is after the old republic it's the height of the jedi right mm-hmm. then then uh, go for it but you just need to commit because yeah, yeah the the spin-off solo movies was it, it was never a good idea but i will i will say this solo May release. I think that killed it. Three weeks after Avengers Infinity War. And previously, Star Wars had owned December. Mm -hmm. If Solo was a December movie and it makes, I don't know, 100 million more, maybe I'll even say like 50 to 60 million more at the domestic box office 
that probably will equate to like 150 worldwide. Do you think that all these spinoffs, these character-driven movies that we had seen from the original trilogy would still be happening? No, because there was so much pushback from Solo in general, even when it was announced, because like the sweatiest of Star Wars fans were like pissed because they were like, well, Harrison Ford's my Han Solo. And then people were a little bit open to it, and they're like, okay, okay, let's see how this is. But then, obviously, the whole thing with the development hell and how they had to reshoot like 50% of the movie. And, you know, then the, you know, scores came out and people were not happy because they just kind of Hollywoodized it and played it safe. Like that's the problem, honestly, with the newest star Wars movies is they're just playing it super safe. Well, it's because the fan base is so, so angry and gets so up in arms because it's such a beloved property. I blame a lot of this on the fans. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. 100%. Did you like Solo? I did. We'll I thought it was that. fun. I mean, it wasn't a it good was, movie, but it was like fun. It was fine. Yeah, there, yeah. I I had the Kessel Run sequence was awesome. Yeah. So I enjoyed Solo for what it was, but yeah, it's an interesting time for Star Wars. We're in limbo. Uh, Clone Wars is out right now. The first episode I haven't got a chance to watch yet because I'm only on season five, but. Yeah, it's very interesting to see what's going to happen. And who knows, uh, when it gets to Star Wars Celebration this year, we will probably have a lot of coverage around that. Yep. Okay. What's the last one? Well, next one. That was oh, only no, our that first, was only the first story. one. Wow, 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 wow. So we'll get yeah, into we the talk next about one Star Wars quick. all the time. We'll breeze over the last one. So I'll, I'll get into the one that I want to talk about a little bit more is that. I'm pretty excited about this because Mulan is the first Disney live action movie to get a PG-13 rating. What do you since think? Pirates of the Caribbean. Since, since Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean. Exactly. So I would say, all right, so the first Disney live action remake, I'll say. So the first yes. of the new ones, right? Okay. What do you think that says about the quality of the movie? Do you think that they feel confident enough in what they have that they're able to make it PG-13? Or do you think this was kind of the plan from the start? I think it's a PG-13 movie because of the intense action sequences. And we've seen a little bit of that in the trailer already. But to me, the fact that they gave the director the... I think the director is Nikki Caro. I think that they gave Nikki Caro the go-ahead to shoot these scenes the way that she obviously envisioned them with the action and the violence speaks volumes to yes. I am super excited for this movie. I think the quality of it is going to be great because this is the first one they're going outside the box. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they're not just making a shot-for-shot a, a -shot remake. This is going to be a reimagining, if you will. None of the songs. You'll hear some of the songs in the score, I'm sure. No Mushu, but... To, to see that they are just going to let the story of Mulan be told for a new generation speaks volumes to me that this thing is going to kick ass. And I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, I think it'll be. I mean, I think if they watched it and knew that it wasn't that good, then they would have tried to dial it back and try and make it PG. But I think because it's PG-13, that means they think they have something special on their hands and they're pretty excited about it. I think this thing is going to make so much money. If the reviews do come back and they are generally very positive, you got to think about 
how much money this thing is going to make worldwide. True. I mean, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna kill. It's gonna kill. It's unbelievable how Disney has so many properties that can make so much money. Yeah. Because they appeal to they appeal to everyone, and that's what the Imagineering story really showed me as well is how, you know, they're building the parks around the world, and it like the property of Disney and the care that they put into their characters and their stories it speaks to everyone, parents and kids alike. It's just there's no other thing like Disney. It's crazy. It is pretty insane. They've built this like zeitgeist around like i don't even know how to explain it but like it's 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 so hard to talk about yeah it's uh very interesting so last story we got here can't wait to read this headline onward (laughs) early reactions so the movie that brian and i have been talking back and forth on you know it's have very different opinions on it's the animated J.R. tokens the hobbit meets weekend of bernie's onward Pixar's latest is heartfelt, but their worst movie yet. No, just kidding. It, it says, doesn't but, say that. It says, but they're not their best work. So basically, reviews are coming out. It's got, you said, what, an 82% on tomatoes right now? It has an 82. But people aren't, like, clamoring for it, but people are saying it's good. So I go back to how I I view Rotten Tomatoes and view my specific critics that I, you know, watch and 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 listen to and take their opinions in. Rotten Tomatoes is an aggregator. And 82% doesn't mean it is an 82. It means 82% of critics who've seen it have liked it, have given it somewhat of a fresh rating. That fresh rating could be anywhere from a 60 to 100. So it doesn't mean that it's an 82%. Now, if 82% of the people like it, that's great. That's unbelievable news it doesn't have to be the best the best pixar movie ever look at toy story 4 had a 90 like 4 or something that movie was not yeah that movie was not good it was just okay and paint by numbers so i you know i think that that's a clickbait headline hardcore clickbait headline i think like what we talked about then what we've been talking about in this last couple of episodes is the box office numbers were going to be sort of predicated on these first reviews. And it was going to yes. need a very strong showing out of the gate in order to pull in those big box office numbers. And I don't think this is that strong critic approval that they are hoping for. All right, so it, this movie doesn't come out until next week. Um, so two episodes. The next episode we'll talk about it. I want predictions on the box office we'll do an over under loser has to watch a a shitty movie fair deal i love it yeah i i i don't i'm not shocked that it's not the best pixar movie but then again they have so many good movies that it's hard to be the best one right yeah i just don't see kids like begging their parents to see this movie. Like Frozen had so many like fantastical elements about Not it. And the Disney Princess. Not well, all right, true. All right, true. All right, true. Fair enough. Fair enough. But even like Toy Story, it had like the characters that everybody loved. Even 
you know, like any of the Pixar movies, it's like these very yeah. unique universes where kids like want to see cars talk. They want to see toys talk. Here they're gonna be like, all right, these like troll people that I've seen in like all my little troll shows. I don't know if it's something that there is gonna like grasp their imagination. It's a it's a valid point, especially given the fact that it is a new property. But that's just, I mean. That's the cycle, right? New properties. We're, everybody wants new IP, and as soon as you get it, it doesn't make the money. So we go back to the well of reboots and '80s like movies again. It's just it, it, there's a a no win scenario for a lot of these things. Sadly, dude, you know what I was think just thinking now? Actually, when we were kids, we knew what movies we were going to go see like animated movies because we were watching like Disney channel or Nickelodeon and they would just like spam those commercial blocks with these movies all the time. But kids, they don't watch commercials now, right? Um, I think it's probably 50, 50. Uh, I bet you more people do than you think, but that's a, that's totally valid. I mean, I'll, I'll shout out uh, the Schmodown Entertainment Network because I listened to Christian's review of it, and he took his daughter to see it. And she, he said that she was very aware of this movie uh, before it came out. It's been all over Disney. They've been promoting it. So he said that he felt the people that it was being marketed to, the kids, were aware of it. Okay. So – I don't know, though, because that's, that's a very good point because, yeah, nobody – I mean, not nobody, but streaming is key. And, I, you know, on Disney+, Plus, you would think that there would be promotions for it or ads or something, but it's ad-free, and there's, there's literally nothing. So that's a, that's a valid point. Yeah. All right, so that's the last story. Um, okay. So we'll see when it comes out how, uh, how many shekels this thing makes, but – I, uh, I, I can tell you now that we're setting that over under where we think it's fair, and I'm taking that under. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, good good job finding the stories this week. Uh, I will help out again next week. Hopefully there's more stuff in development. But let's now get into our movie review. I love you, dude. I love you, bro, Montana. I love you, Holmes. I love you, Brosef Goebbels. I love you, Machacha. I love you, Tico Brohe. Okay. Okay, all right, let's uh, continue here. All right, now we are talking about To All the Boys I've Loved Before, P.S. I Love You, the sequel, Peter Kavinsky, Team Peter. (laughs) I can't wait to talk about this thing, man. It is, okay, how did you find the first one? Did you like the first one? And what were your then expectations going into this one? I love the first one. I thought it was really good. It was like a really good coming of age story. I mean, it was the same bullshit we've seen a thousand times in all those 90s, like, you know, rom coms growing up, where it's like, oh, the nerdy girl gets like the popular guy, like, you know, with a more modern twist, right? So, I mean, we've seen the story, but it was so well done. Their humor hit so well. It was the just chemistry like, between the two people, the, the two leads. The chemistry is yeah. what sold the movie. And, the, like, the main actress, the girl who plays Laura Jean, is, like, she's so good. And the guy who plays Peter Kavinsky so good. I thought they were just, like, perfectly cast. This, like, the writing, the dialogue was really good. The way that they kind of, like, brought everything. It was great. And it sort of depicted high school accurately. Yeah, for the most part, more right? or less. I mean, they're like I haven't seen riches, the first one in a while. They're like riches balls and living in like the Pacific Northwest and like 
rolling around in Range Rovers and <laughs> Very true. Yeah. But okay, so then, you know, we get the first one. I knew that this was based off of a book series, so I knew there was gonna be a, a second one and a third one. I'd heard that they'd both been greenlit and that this was a huge pit of money for Netflix. So the second one comes out and your initial reaction was what? I was pissed. I was pissed because I was like, I understand it's a book trilogy, but like, I don't know how you go on. It was like, nerdy girl gets popular guy happily ever after into the sunset on like laying on the football field watching the stars, like normal corny bullshit, right? Which is fine. It's the way it's supposed to end. But then it's kind of like, all right, what are you going to see there? Like lackluster relationship and seeing like them bicker over stupid, you know, conversations in the hallway or jealousy, which is like kind of what the second one was. Yes. So, yeah, we'll do a quick recap. The first one is about this girl who is kind of like a nobody at school, and she writes these love letters that her sister sends out uh, that she wrote in fifth grade. And all the guys then find out that she had a crush on them at one point or another, and the one guy uses this to his advantage to try and make his girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend jealous so they get back together. Classic. So the two of them – yeah, and the two of them form this fake relationship – and end up falling in love, end movie, second one starts, and we are navigating the waters of this new relationship. So let's jump right into story. I think that this story was exactly what I thought it would be based off of how the first one ended, the navigating the waters here. She's never been in a relationship. He's the popular jock guy that everybody loves. So yeah, there's a lot of jealousy in it. And I'll tell you what, this movie was cringe worthy. So, so cringy. Cringe-worthy. So cringe-worthy. It was really hard to watch at times because you didn't want to see either of them kind of implode this relationship that you really bought into from the first movie. And the chemistry comes on right over these two leads are fantastic. And so then the story just kind of goes from there. Another guy comes in the mix because she had one love letter to a guy that moved away. And so now there's like this little bit of a love triangle and a lot of jealousy that goes on. So that's really the gist of the story. Yeah. I, the one thing I did like about it, and the one thing I liked a lot about this one, I mean, we're not doing spoilers, right? So I won't get too much into the details. But the thing I liked about this one is – it was very marriage story-esque in the fact that there wasn't a good guy, bad guy. Like, yes, Laura Jean's the main protagonist throughout the whole thing. And, you know, it would have been really easy for them to fall into the trope of, you know, Pete's being an asshole and he, like, does something and they have to, like, try and come back and figure out a way to, like, tie things back up. But it wasn't like that. I mean, it was just, like, classic high school. You're trying to navigate and figure out how to communicate while you're in this more mature relationship, but you kind of misunderstand things and you're trying to second-guess yourself and second-guess what the other person's doing. So they portrayed that very well without doing, like, the classic oh, well, he thought that, you know, she was doing something bad, so he went and cheated on her, like like that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, and they do a really good job of also subtly putting in the story that, like, because Laura Jean, for example, she feels that she needs to change who she is to make sure Peter doesn't, you know, leave her or break her heart, if you will. So there's, like, scenes where she kind of goes out and she changes who she is. She becomes this girlfriend that is the cheerleader sort of thing and at the end of the day she realizes like 
it's just uh, be myself. You know, that's that's a, that's a, a really good theme in this movie is just be who you are. And, you know, if they like you, they like you. If not, they're not right for you. And I liked the themes that this movie had. I, you know, I thought it was the story was exactly what I thought it would be. And it was fine. It was fine. It wasn't the best story in the world. No, I, I mean, it was a very predictable story. But the once again, whoever's doing the writing for these two movies actually does a very good job to like pers- like get into the head of these high schoolers. I mean, I'm not, I've been removed from that scene for so long. But even Caitlin watching it was like, yeah, this is like kind of like how awkward they are, right? So whoever did the writing did a really great job. And I think the story and kind of where it needed to go to bridge it from a first movie to the inevitable third, um, you know, it, it they did a really good job, I think, from a story perspective. The one thing a... that I will say from a story perspective that I think they did not do a good job is they brought in a lot of these side characters that were already introduced and like kind of had these other side stories going on that they didn't really tie up very well, or they didn't like follow those side stories very well. Do you mostly mean her friends? Or yes. Are you... Okay. Cause I thought that the story between her father and the uh, neighbor actually moved well. And I feel like we're going to get more exploration of that at some point going on in the future because there is a third one, but I won't disagree with you. The the side stories of the the friends, aside from the ex girlfriend, was not needed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I felt so bad. She's like talking to her one gay buddy at that party, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, there's only like two gay guys at this school. Like, this is the worst." And she's like, "Oh, we'll get out in the world. Don't worry, you'll find somebody." And that was freaking it. Dude got yeah, shafted. Yeah, he wasn't in the movie the rest of the, <laughs> yeah. the, rest of the time. And then You're same right. thing with her other friend where it was kind of like, you know, there's, I won't spoil anything, but like there's a little bit of a hinted love between like her, who's this like kind of goth or punk-ish chick, and one of Peter's yep. jock friends. And you're like, ooh, this like, you know, odd couple, like they're getting together. But then they just drop that too. It, it's almost like just saying that anybody could be with anybody is way I, I maybe look at it. But yeah, it's, you know, keep the focus on Laura Jean and John Ambrose McLaren and Peter Kavinsky. Uh, I love the names of these of these people. That's just so, it's like posh and like, ooh, but oh yeah, God. it's... Please it's, let us, let's just get right to the freaking execution. So, but I, I will say this. this. I want to I wanna say one more thing about the story is... I did feel that the story was very predictable in how it started and ended. However, there were a lot of things that happened along the way, little twists and little turns of, you know, who's right, who's wrong, these kind of things that I didn't see coming. And I actually thought there was – there is one payoff, one payoff with snow, that's all I'll say, Uh that at the end of the movie had me feeling every emotion. That was such a cool payoff, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was awesome. It was so good. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have, like, the feels in this one like I did the first one. It was kind of like, all right, you guys are done being idiots. Good. Let's move on with our lives. I agree. They were being idiots, but I did feel every emotion because I, as a, as a viewer, was like, stop being such an idiot. Stop being such an idiot. You're being so, not unreasonable, but you're just being dumb. 
Yeah, and that's what that's what even Caitlin said, right? She's like she hates that frustration, but as long as there's like this nice payoff, you know, she's willing to come back on it, but she is not about this one. Is she oh my god. Is she not on the team that I thought she'd be on? What? Peter V. John Ambrose? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, can we please get to the execution? Yeah, go ahead. John Ambrose is the worst goddamn thing about this movie. <laughs> this guy is the biggest clown I've ever seen in my life. Okay, funny story about John Ambrose McLaren, the actor. His name is Jordan Fisher. He is a streamer, a Fortnite streamer. What? Yes, he's an actor. He's been in Disney uh, TV shows, and he's also the dude in the Domino's commercial, the Risky Business one. That's him. Well, I don't care he is, because I hated that character so much. So Do you hate much. the acting or the character? Uh, both, I guess. Like, it was so... I understand, like, what the character was trying to be, like, this, like prep school like nerdy guy back in like Laura Jean's like comfortable nerdy wheelhouse but he was like he was nerdy but not nice nerdy where you could have been like oh John Ambrose or Peter he was like nerdy but like yeah I know I'm you know rocking this piano and like I'm a smart dude you know it was so annoying dude I agree the piano scene oh my god when when she walks downstairs and he's like, oh, I didn't know you were here. It's like, come on, dude. Get out of here. I was, just state your intentions. You want Laura Jean. I was praying that Stormy just threw a Molotov cocktail through the window and blew that piano up, dude. That was the worst. Yeah, I totally agree with you. He was my least favorite part of this movie. Yeah, it was awful. He was just like, the, even the way he delivered his lines and he was just so, I mean, obviously he was trying to like, put digs at Peter and everything, but you just didn't, you never had that debate in your head. You were always just kind of, and even at the end, like when he showed all these little things about how Peter was kind of like a shitty dude, like for like taking the last slice of pizza. pizza. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like at the end you're like, all right, well Peter's kind of a scumbag, but this John Ambrose dude is way worse. So like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. John Ambrose sucked. Sucked. (laughs) And and they and they kept doing this thing where he would deliver a line and kind of smile, and then the camera would linger on him yes, for a little bit. It's almost like they're trying smile. to make him like Prince Charming, but like get out of here, John Ambrose, yeah. you suck. He had zero, zero charm, and I don't know if they were trying to like make him charming or trying to make him creepy, because it just came off as like this dude is just you know diddling kids on a playground. He is the worst bro <laughs> yeah i agree but i wanted to talk about some more things in execution uh that i found pretty interesting was one the editing there are a lot of cool scenes in this i was gonna ask did they do some of that like floaty stuff in the first one like where she was had those out of body experiences i think so and i also like the scenes where she was, you know, writing the letters and the cutting, the way it went back and forth and she's doing all these different things. I really dug the editing and that also leads into, I thought the music choices, while very, very YA and not my cup of tea, fit the movie. It fit the movie really well. Yeah, the vi- I think the vibes and the execution are pretty good. I mean, for the most part. It just, John Amber is just freaking murdered it for me. And, Kitty, not enough kitty. I was so not upset. enough kitty. I agree, not enough kitty. Although she does have a few, she has a storyline in this movie, but and it kind of has a payoff. But 
nothing too crazy, sort of like the first one. She just is always there to interject, being like, I set you guys up the first time. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Not it, enough clever writing for Some of the side characters that made the first one so great definitely got thrown away. But I think that's by design, especially with how the story plays out. This is John Ambrose versus Peter Kavinsky versus Laura Jean's heart. That's basically what this is. Yeah. So what's what's the next one about? Do you know? Um, I do know. Based off of Karen has a coworker who has read the books. The next one is, and we're not going to spoil uh, the ending of this one, but the next one is a lot about them going to college, I feel. Okay. I figured that was the and, next logical step. And also the relationship between the dad and the neighbor oh because i think that that actually becomes a thing and then how she kind of navigates with a stepmother potentially god you could see that because there were some shades of like not trusting her in this movie right exactly okay so i believe that's what the third one's about so let's let's move on to the feel um i'll start and say uh, this movie had me going through every range of emotion because of the cringeworthiness, the choosing of the sides. It was executed well enough that I felt the chemistry between the characters based off of the first one. The first one has a lot to do with that, but this, this landed for me. I mean, the end of the movie was, was, it was awesome, man. It was cool. It was okay. I mean, it was just so predictable. Not that the first one wasn't, but I don't know. I just didn't really, like, feel it because, like, the choice wasn't hard between Peter and John Ambrose. It wasn't a hard choice, so you knew where it was going the whole time. But John Ambrose, bro. But John Ambrose McLaren. He goes by John Ambrose because she goes by Laura Jean. The only way I would have had more feels and it could have been better is if John Ambrose was walking across the street and seeing them kiss for the first time and then John Ambrose gets hit by a bus. That would be the only way that I'd have a more satisfying ending to that movie. Yeah, it it definitely had emotion. I think it hit in the emotion. Was it as hard-hitting as the first one? Definitely not. No. Definitely not. No. But, but the that doesn't mean it's bad. The cringeworthy scenes, they were like Scott's Tots level cringeworthy. Oh, <laughs> hey, Mr. Scott, what you going to do? Yeah, <laughs> they are super cringeworthy. The actors do an incredible job at making you, you know, just making you uncomfortable. Yeah. So that it, was the whole, I had to like remind myself during those scenes like, oh, my God, these these are actors. This is not real. This is like this is insane. Yeah. I said the same thing to Karen because Karen had already seen it by the time I watched it with her the second time because she watched it with all of her friends for Valentine's Day uh, the night before. And she, I paused it about halfway in. I said, this is too much right now. <laughs> I can't. I am on the edge of my seat. Just what is going on here? Yeah. And so I thought it was effective. So that's how I felt. Yeah. You want to give this thing a score? Yeah, I mean, I, I I like this thing. I'll say, I'd probably put it at like a 
7.3, above the 6.9 threshold. But, I mean, it wasn't great. Yeah. Because, like no. I said, it wasn't as good as the first, but it was still entertaining. Yeah, I, I think when I when I look at, obviously, we're comparing these to other movies this year. When I look at everything else that I've seen, I think that this is somewhere in that range as well. I'm actually going to go just a tad higher with a 7.7. That's fair. You know, I, it's yeah. it's – it's something that was enjoyable. I'd watch it again to gear up for the third one. I loved the characters. I thought that it was it was a good watch. Should we just meet in the middle of the land called a 7.5? Yeah, 7.5 is perfect. I, I think that that's what this movie is. And it's a good companion to the first one. And I'm excited for the third. I, I am excited. I See, it's the same thing where it's like, I don't know... If the story's gonna be there, like where are they gonna but take here's, this? But here's here it thing? is. Do you want to see another movie with these characters and follow this relationship, albeit how it ends, anymore? Yeah, because the writing's good, and I I like the universe that they've set. Uh, universe, <laughs> like the characters that they've set up. So yeah, you know, yeah. It's, shout it's out watchable. to shout out to Laura Jean's character, Laura. She makes Lana it. Condor. Whoever that Lana actress Condor. is, she's really good. Yeah, her name's Lana Condor. She's fantastic. I think that Noah Centino, Peter Kavinsky, is fantastic as well. The dad. The dad is one of my low-key favorite I, characters. Not enough dad in this movie, too. Yeah, I, I love the dad, especially when they when they showed that scene of him taking him back to their uh, mother's yeah. uh, family. It, it's it's just – it's an emotional – it's emotional for sure. So, Cool. I, I'm I'm glad that you ended up watching it. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. It was is a good week. You yeah. know, nothing else out there. So that's it. Watch it rank seven point five. Now let's get to the throwdown. And his name is John Cena. <laughs> okay, throwdown. Here we go. I got a good coin. So for those of you tuning in for the first time, throw down. We chose two movies. They are in the same vein this time. So we're doing Christopher Nolan's Inception versus Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. We have arguments prepared for both. I hope I get one. I hope I don't get the other. I, I bet you feel really? the same way. Ah, I don't. I, yeah. I mean, I love both these movies, but let's flip the coin. I know which one you want, actually. Yeah, I probably you probably do. Okay, whatever. I'm flipping the coin. What do you want? You want to call it? Uh, yeah, I'll call it in there. Okay, ready, set, go. Tails. Obvious. Heads. It's Son heads. Bitch. All right, so you're, you're gonna pick Inception, two. I'm guessing, huh? I am absolutely <laughs> gonna pick Inception. <laughs> Wait, haven't we talked about Interstellar before? Uh I think we've talked about both. I mean, I, I'll preface it right now. I think both are great movies. Yeah. I love both of them. I've had great experiences watching both of those movies. But I'm glad that I got Inception, and I'll kick this off because I think Inception is the better of the two movies because they set up a world within the real world, the dream world, the layers of it, the complexities of it. The characters have unbelievable background stories that you feel for. This movie makes you feel a lot, especially with Leonardo DiCaprio's 
character. The ending is ambiguous. You don't know what it is. And also, the music, the Hans, scores, or Hans Zimmer score, absolutely fantastic. You got Tom Hardy. You got DiCaprio. You got JGL. This thing set the bar for mind-bending, head-twisting, what did I just watch? It set the bar. It came before Interstellar. It set the bar. It's his best movie, easily. It has so much rewatchability in it. Inter- or Inception, over Interstellar, every day. Go. See, I think, when I go back and think about it, I'm excited that I actually got Interstellar. I wanted Interstellar because the most popular choice is usually Inception. Because it was first, people get all up in arms about, ooh, we're in this dream world, layers and layers and layers. Yeah, 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 cool, whatever. Go to bed. Interstellar is so much cooler. All the fake-ass science that they have, it tries to, like, explain all this fake science in space and talk about these wormholes and the anti-aging. It basically takes all these like scientific theories that all these people have and puts them into use if shit, we were ap- actually able to get out into that far into space and we had the technology to kind of explore some of these things. Like I loved how when they went up and they like can you know like distance themselves from time and reality that they came back and everybody else was or they became really old or really young and kind of showed how time is relative the only place where it gets a little weird is whenever he does that like shining through the bookshelf thing but other than that really cool peak reconnaissance peak nolan is. great flick okay so as I was giving my first argument, I will say that Interstellar feels a lot like Inception. These two are so hard. They're not hard to distinguish, but there's a lot of the same parallels. My only problem with Interstellar is it gets too convoluted in the science. You're thinking so much about it. And to me, that takes away a little bit of the effectiveness. I do like in Interstellar how it paints a very real world that this could happen with the crops, all of that stuff. However, the convolutedness makes you think a little too much. Inception, you buy into this world, this dream world. The rules of it are explained beautifully. And then you just sit back and enjoy. And you think about it at the end of the movie about what it all meant, and especially the ambiguous ending. Was he in the dream world? Was he not in the dream world? Isn't that confirmed one way or the other? I don't think so but if i had to say he was in the real world because the top the top was starting to topple the spinner was starting to topple so i think that that confirms he was in the real world otherwise it would be spinning without any sort of hitch but you know nolan he does this thing with a purpose but it just there would be no interstellar without inception that's the only argument you need yeah because it gave him the the ability to go in, and that was the first leap into this. Like, I'm sure when we come out with the tenant, it's going to be a very similar approach. Very similar. Which I'm excited but, about. So am I. And that's but, the best thing about his movies is because whenever he goes into these super convoluted, you know, ideologies or, like, ideas and, like, like plot lines that it's very rewatchable because you catch new things every time you watch it. So you are in agreement that Inception is better than Interstellar. No, there would be no Interstellar without Inception, but I'm not saying it's better. All right. 
Fine. I like I the fake science. It's I like I the fake you, science instead of the fake science fiction. There's a lot of real science in there too. But I guess we can't decide a clear winner, so we'll leave it up to the audience. Tweet at us, watch it and rank on Twitter or give us a shout out on Instagram at watch it underscore rank and let us know who won. Interstellar or Inception? Because Interse- er, Inception has Leo. And I'll take Leo oh. over McConaughey any day of the week. Not in this movie, man. I think mm-hmm. McConaughey is a better in Interstellar than Leo is in Inception. Um, Maybe, maybe not. McConaughey just pisses me off sometimes. <laughs> He's just so goofy. It's like the Fast and Five scenario, man. you got to just accept it at face value. I mean, I love McConaughey. I think he's an incredible actor, but sometimes his just whimsical whimsy makes me, I don't know, I just don't buy into it. But whatever. Let's let the audience decide on this one. That's a throwdown. Let's talk about what we're going to watch next week, a little preview. You're very excited about it, so go ahead. What are we watching? We are watching... What are we freaking watching? I already forgot. The peanut, the peanut butter falcon. Oh, the peanut butter falcon. That's right. So we got to talking about we did the Honey Boy review last week, and we brought up peanut butter falcon a couple of times. And I kept thinking how it was such a shame how I hadn't seen it yet. Nothing is coming out in the box office. We're still in the nothing dry desert that is the end of February, I and mean, we're coming up on some good shit. So. Don't get too discouraged. Onward in two weeks. Onward in two weeks. So we'll uh, have that. So it might come I up think. on something good in three weeks is what you're saying? Or four weeks? Uh, there's Onward. There's The Way Back, which is that Affleck movie about the basketball team, the drinking problem of the coach, kind of a little redemption story. And then we have Mulan. Also known and as we... Drunk Coach Carter. Yes. Pretty much, yes. And then we get into Mulan, and then April we got James Bond. So, yes, we're almost there. We're almost through these dog days, but bear with us, guys, because next week Peanut Butter Falcon should be a good one. We're, we're going back to Shia. That's right. Back to the, the also, even Steven himself. I want to shout out. So after we had finished last week's episode, I, I meant to bring this up at the beginning of the episode, uh, people – reached out to me and told me we missed two Shia movies, or I missed one, the greatest game ever played. I can't believe I didn't say that. (laughs) I know. I actually caught that thinking about it later. (laughs) And two, how did we not talk about Holes? I mean, Holes isn't on the top, and neither is the greatest game ever played, to be honest. I am happy with omitting those two. That's fine by me. They can dig it home out of here. But we did. I mean, we didn't talk about them. So, um, but there, there is no disturbia. I must have listened to you saying "Oh, me so horny" a hundred times. It's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. So, all right, let's take it out next week. Peanut butter falcon, Taylor. I'll see you, buddy. See ya. Peace. Peace.